2: World, it's
3: your boy B Train and uh driving along in the good old neighborhood of Brooklyn, NY USA and and folks we have a guest tonight. Yes, that's right.
2: I've been having
3: some technical difficulties, but you know, semantics semantics. Please welcome to the show. Cato. how you doing? Hello. Oh, never well, mind. Hello, hello,
2: what's
3: going on? Oh, never mind. What's up, Granny? Hey, how are you? I am, I am. I, uh, I'm you driving thought around.
1: I thought I'd call in and listen for a little
3: while tonight. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we had a little bit, you know... But you know what they say, folks, you get knocked down, you get up again. We're going to have a caller in. He's been champion before. He just worked in Texas, I believe, over the break. He keeps continuously working, but he'll be on a little bit later. So uh, what's the skinny, Granny?
1: Well, I just wanted to apologize to the fans out there for Saturday with the technical difficulties, you know. um, Had a great great guest on Saturday really enjoyed the interview awesome interview and so I just Granny felt like she just needed to apologize to the fans out there you know
3: it's it's okay Granny like I said I'm not the type to quit and I'm glad they um Jimmy LaFleur and Tony Esteem understood you know that sometimes in especially Iowa. I think AT&T hates Iowa. I don't I don't know if they didn't give AT&T's executives enough corn or I don't know what's the deal, but that carrier has been a royal pain in the ass, if you will. So, you know, there's no excuse. Well, they, you know, um they they
1: they they didn't seem to be upset. I mean, you know, cuz you were cutting in and out kind of, you know, and I figured you were having issues with your service where you all were at, and and I was trying to do everything I could to try to, you know, finish the show on my end for you, you know, since you couldn't get through, and it just, it was really kind of a strange situation, so, you know.
3: I mean, it is what it is, you know, every, I'm sure everyone in their lives had a bad show, You know, blog talk, not just blog, it's not blog talk's fault, because they've been excellent to me for the last almost three years, I can't believe to say it, Um, I took over in March of 2016, but enough about me, you know, it is what it is, so what I have to say about that is I got out what I needed to say, and that's the main thing, is I got all the questions that I wanted to ask those two, and... Of course, I had some fun interaction uh, with the Dynamo Pro Tag Team Champions. You can catch them January 19th in DeSoto. So, I mean, it it wasn't a total loss, Granny, but I do want to report a few things. You know, Monday Night Raw, it's beautiful, Granny. It's a beautiful thing to see actual wrestling matches like Ambrose versus Rollins in Falls Count Anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just, uh, yeah, Ambrose versus, Ro- yeah. <clears throat> of course, Lashley did the bidding. Mm-hmm. So the ru- There are no rules in Falls Town anywhere. Driving on I-95, I that's why it sounds kind of, eh, I'm surprised we're moving. Of course, it just got through Brooklyn, you know, shopping a little bit. For some, I swear, Granny, not only is the phone service bad, But the phone chargers for iPhones, folks, holy shit and a half. Been through these things like fucking barbecue in Kansas City. It's, you know, it's that rapid, you know? So anyways, they had a number one contendership for Ronda Rousey's championship. And Sasha Banks will now face Ronda Rousey. So the boss versus the baddest woman or baddest bitch on the planet. And all I can say is it's boss time.
1: That's right.
3: And, uh, well, I caught most of it, Granny, because it was kind of a slow night at Enterprise. And I just got to tell you, I'm so proud of the fact that they are now giving the fans a fucking show because we've been wanting one for the longest. It took them... Ten months Ten total To concoct What granny and I like to call A wrestling show
1: Yes They have And it was absolutely amazing Again tonight I I, I loved it I I absolutely loved it So
3: I uh, (laughs) I just want to say folks I'm in much better reception. Of course, the, you know, the drivers aren't the greatest, but, um, he the thing. I live in New York and I seldom drive. So I, uh, this is unusual for me.
2: <clears throat> so,
3: and our caller's about to call in granny, but yes, it, uh, to me, It was a beautiful thing tonight because not only did we see less promos, but we were able to react, boo, cheer. Oh, my God. It was a wrestling show.
1: And I love the tribute that they did, that Hulk Hogan did for me and Jane Ocran, I thought that was amazing.
2: I, you know,
3: I just want to touch on this. Granny, you remember Mean Gene from way back in the day before all this hoopla, and he was just, he was an in mm-hmm. He wasn't, he didn't sugarcoat shit when you messed up on a promo like Sid Vicious did a long time ago. Um, and I just want to say, man, that heaven, that wrestling heaven is getting bigger
1: Yes, it is.
3: It's kind of funny now because Mean Gene, (laughs) Gorilla Monsoon, and Bobby Heenan are all probably jaw jacking at each other in heaven.
1: But I love the fans' reactions when they were like, thank you, Mean Gene. I thought that was awesome what the fans were doing. I thought that was amazing.
3: Well, Granny, our guest of honor... Mr Cato is on the line. Yay. All right. You guys doing? How are you guys Welcome doing? Welcome to the show, man. Thank you, thank you, man. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, no problem, man. I um I've been watching some of your Facebook live videos. I got to say I um I like guys that speak their mind. And have a, and have valid points to do so because some guys and gals in the wrestling world they speak their minds and I just you know how you tune them out, brother. It's just one of them things that I, I that appeals to my show is people who make points not only on social media, but I I was watching the one about the the storylines and how people are, you know some people get so wrapped up into them. You can't get wrapped in, It's called wrestling. It's the reason why it's the yeah. art. Yeah, we, uh, we, unfortunately, we, we fell into uh, a little bit of mishap, um, a few weeks ago. I was, uh, doing a, we did a promo out in Texas for, uh, TCW, uh, wrestling show out in Killeen, Texas. And, uh, We did a photo shoot with one of the guys. It was um, me, Kato, uh, and um, Malice Mayhem. We uh, did a photo shoot with these guys. We worked it out with the uh, crew and everybody that, you know, we're going to take what we want, do what we want. We don't give a damn who the hell you are, you know. Uh, We came in there and did our thing, made us look badasses, made the company... uh, Actually made the promoter happy. They they enjoyed our work. They they really liked how we just came in there and took charge. And uh, we figured, you know what? Now, I grew up with the respect of you know knowing that you know if you win a championship belt, you know you act like a champion. You walk around with the belt. You you carry it with uh, honor. These guys were kind of leaving their their titles around. We were just dicking around with them. We were like, "Hey, since you guys are leaving these laying down. you don't mind if we take pictures with them." So we decided to take pictures with the titles uh and hence a couple of the pictures that we put up there were saying, and we tagged the company in the photos but one of our guys that were really that was really close with me who who tried to Push me and and get me as far As I did so far um, Was uh, Damien Damien. Uh, He uh, Ended up Kind of shitting On the pitcher saying well why Are you guys stealing titles and it's like Dude It's a work You not know the difference between work and You know in real life And it's Things like that, and, and that's why I'm me. You know, I, I keep it real as possible in my promos, man. If uh, you can't be yourself nowadays, then who the hell, who the hell are you trying to impress? You know, I'd rather be myself than be somebody who's than be a fake ass wrestler. You know. See, and, and that's why I like you, my friend. It's because I. I Believe we, you know, brothers from another mother. I don't know you, you don't know me, but I feel the same fucking way. If you gave some people are such tight wads about how the business worked, I i have one for you know, Pillman Guerrero, and all them those personalities because they didn't give two fucks. Yeah, I mean we. I came into this business 14 and a half years ago with with the knowledge, with the the thinking that yeah, I want to be. On WWE But you know what To be honest man It's every wrestler's dream To be on the big time But I look at it like this There's one out of what A million or two million wrestlers In America
2: Or around
3: the United States Anywhere Honestly You get that one in the lifetime Chance But you know what It's only what you do with it And to me To be honest I could care less about going there. I would love to go there. But as long as I'm doing what I love doing then I'm happy. And that's the main thing. See, a lot of folks and and that are outsiders don't understand how this shit works, some people, not all. I should say. It's wrestling's very taxing on the mind. So promos oh, is kind of like, yeah, it, it's like unwinding. You get to be, yeah, you know, people say, oh, I get to live the gimmick. Yeah, Iron Sheik did it. Fucking anyone you can live a gimmick. Yep. It's, what bugs me, dude, is, oh, we don't like the way you presented it. You need to tone it down. Okay. I, I'm. Some people keep referencing CM Punk and Zomorey. Okay, Enzo was a mic, but he wasn't a wrestler, in my opinion. CM Punk was the whole package. Exactly. I mean, I, I, you know, my wife can vouch for this too. She, she can tell you guys right off the bat. I'm an asshole. I, I, I take that to heart. I, I really to my, to my, my shoot job, to wrestling. I mean, I treat every day as hey, I, I got to do what I got to do to make a living, you know, and whether you like me or hate me, I, I don't give a fuck. It's, it's This is me, you know. I got tired of the business a long time ago of the politicking. Uh, the politics, the way I grew up in this business, I grew up getting my ass whooped for like six years without and paying my dues for that six years. To only come to find out that I had to start speaking my mind and stop letting people run all over me and by the time that happened, I started getting recognized as hey this guy's this guy cares about this and really wants this and you know it it's from it's from that point on, I just went balls to the wall with my attitude, and now I'm all over. You know, I mean, shows from here in Milwaukee to Kansas City, uh, North Dakota, you know, Maine, uh, Texas. You know, that's just a few states, but it, it's where it got me. It's where my attitude got me. I I learned that you have to stay focused on yourself and stop worrying about other assholes that are trying to bring you down in the business. Because it's them assholes that will keep letting you, keep pushing you down, you know? If you let that shit get to you, man, going to do is just drive a hole in your brain, and you're going to drive yourself nuts. And a lot of people don't see that. I don't play the ass-kissing game. I don't like kissing ass. If you don't like me, fuck you. Then don't watch my shit. Don't let me be on your shoulder. Then you don't like the way I am, this is it. Fuck it. I, uh, I'm i a big fan of that philosophy Because I tell people It's like Yeah, you Some people will love to go To the E But they also forget Ring of Honor exists New Japan Who's to say your opportunity doesn't stop there My friend, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly On the whole Screw what everyone else thinks Because as soon as you start carrying all the weight man all the negativity um let me just say from experience it's not a fun fucking time and i've let loose about people i used to work for and then let go but then (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's like in this business people say well you know, it's it's for the good of the business. I'm like what business, dude? It's a sport. It's an art form. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I've I've when I I wrestled a bunch of uh, some awesome people in my life, man. I mean, I have trained with really good great wrestlers. You know, like for example, um, I used to pro box, and when I got hurt in 2011, I shattered my heels. I had had uh, reconstructed surgery, and I, I bounced back off the, off the injury, and I started working around the ring with Silas Young. We were uh, Rashi Brown was running shows at the time, and uh, me and Silas are training, and Silas looked at me, and he goes, you remember this is wrestling, right? I was like, brother, I ain't going to punch you unless we really get into a fight, man. I was like, I I understand the difference. Don't mean that I ain't going to ever use it. Trust me. If I get popped, I'm going to pop somebody, you know. But I try to to make sure that nowadays, because back in the day when I first started, training was so different. Training was very strict, and it was very downgrading. Like, a lot of times they downgraded you, they made you, like you were worthless for, for no reason now I take a look at, at all these younger cats that are growing up dude And a lot of these guys walk around like they got a fucking big chip on their shoulder because either their they're physique or because they're being coddled in, in training and it's like I, I'm like I don't understand these kids no more dude The way I grew up, I got my ass whooped. These kids don't want to get their ass whooped, so they cry about every little thing, and then they get coddled. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, in wrestling training, man, uh, the the stuff that I went through, I went all the way to Puerto Rico for school, and we had to wrestle in a hood outside in 100-degree heat, And they're like, well, was Carlos actually physically present? I said, no, dude. His sons helped run the school. But just like every cologne, let me tell you something. Well, I wrestled in a thunderstorm because we couldn't refund everyone's money because it was in San Juan. Um, And yeah, Tribe, it's just like you go home, you're like, oh, I'm going to feel this shit in the morning. (laughs) <laughs> and some people are bitching about, well, I had to do a hundred burpees or I had to do um a thousand sit ups and I'm like, you know what? Here here's the thing, you guys are bitching about conditioning. When in fact William Regal says conditioning is your best friend because if you don't, your matches are going to be the drizzling shits and you're gonna get someone hurt. Yep. Exactly. You know, my my very first trainer, Angel Armani, said that to me. He, he used to drill that shit into my head. You know, being... And then when I started boxing, he was making fun of me about my conditioning because I... I I'm not going to lie. I hate running.
2: <laughs> Fuck
3: that. I hated running. I mean, I ran a mile and then I felt like shit. Like, it's just because I was never used to being in cardio. And then... Once I started doing cardio, I got better at it. And I was like, you know what? Shit
2: happened.
3: <laughs> I got <laughs> to learn how to suck it up. But now these cats nowadays, dude, they see and they say, oh, treadmills are cool. Treadmills are cool. Yeah, well, you can do a treadmill all you want. But that ain't going out in the, on the ground, hitting the pavement, and actually running. I used to have to run fucking three, four miles for boxing. Like, these kids nowadays, they just don't listen. You know, I I, since I grew up in Wisconsin, I learned that anything can be your workout friend, the nature. See, I I got woods behind my house. I do it like Rocky, man. I go out there and throw logs. I go out there and take a sledgehammer. I take an axe. I got my daily workout, you know, I... I may not look big, but fuck me, dude! I can fucking throw these fists, man. <laughs> you know, dude, it's like I I always say, don't judge a book by its cover because I am five foot nine. You're probably what height are you? Five foot eight and a half, boy. <laughs> Close to you, man. <laughs> yeah, cause like you, you got AJ Styles who sits at. Five seven with lifts in his fucking boots. Sorry, Alan, but I mean it's the <laughs> fucking truth. Got Ray Mysterio, who's five foot four, five foot five. I actually thought Ray. I thought Ray was five two, if I wasn't mistaken.
2: Because
3: uh, I, he's I, short, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's short, man. I mean, I, uh, I actually had a picture with him uh, without his mask on. We were in. Um, they came down here for Elimination Chamber in Wisconsin some odd years ago, and I ended up having to be at the hotel waiting for my uh, my agent at the time. And we were sitting there, and Ray Mysterio. We ended up walking him down to his truck to go to Comic Con, and I was like, "Damn, dude, you're short. No offense." He was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I get that a lot." <laughs> Cool. though. Yes, Ray. I met him like in 2009. Uh, he he came to a seminar, and all of us, you know, of course we're we're trying to learn and all this stuff. And he said one thing you ought to know, man, is like just keep trying because I was having a hard time. Wrestling's very—it's like a trial and error. I think folks that you constantly keep trying at And constantly keep going forward with So I gotta tell people all the time It's like don't matter what fucking height you are Give the fans a fucking show If you don't give them a show Guess the fuck what You automatically get labeled as Okay He's just one dimensional Or she's one dimensional And it sucks because He's like man He's like you got a good promo Just you know quit tearing everyone down and then it turned into like, man, I'm learning so much from this dude. But anyways, yeah, height wise man, I feel you. It's fun being the little guy in some instances not against, you know, when you go up against six foot five, six foot six.
2: Exactly.
3: Like, I'm um, I feel like I'm the little guy out of my group now. Uh I just got added to a big Kansas City mix. Um, apparently My teammates are Flex Reed, um, Supermax and Andy, Rodney Mack, my tag team partner, Vendetta, and me. Vendetta's a little – he's a little shorter than me. He's got a little bit more of a rounder belly, but I'm taller than him. But I just feel like the oddball in that group, you know. Um, You got three big dudes and then us two little dudes, and I'm like, oh, great. I know who's get. I know who's getting the fucking border toss on all the fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially dude, when people be like, "Oh, I bet you a little guy, you do high flying." I was like, "Actually, no, I." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say that shit. I hate being stereotyped because number one, not all little guys can fly. True. True. <laughs> i used to i used to do all the, the flips and all that stuff you know like one of my things was um, doing that weird like it was kind of like a weird like uh inverted like mic check kind of deal to a whisper in the wind type swanton bombish shit. Well, as soon as I shattered my heels, I was like, "Yeah, let me ground, let me stay grounded and pounded a little bit. <laughs> let me, let me save the yes. big move for yes. when it needs to be." Oh, dude, let me let me just speak on small guys for a second. One example I'm going to use for is like if you clown on Enzo, you're worse than him. Off, like this oh, motherfucker. We was in the same class at NXT, and here's the fucking funny thing. I don't remember that motherfucker. Oh, really? <laughs> really? So, here's what I'm gonna say about that dude. This is an example of a little guy that could not work to save his life. Every one of us knows when you reverse a hammer lock, you step with. Well, wait, wait. When you reverse the hammer lock, you step with your yeah, fucking right. right. And he, dude, I shit you not, we was watching on monitors, and the next day, Renee Young interviews Enzo in a fucking wheelchair. We're all sitting there watching them. So, Enzo, how did you break your leg? Oh, bro, you know, the canvas was uneven. No, bro, you cannot fucking work. You cannot fucking work. Oh, my God, he you said got, the canvas was uneven? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh shit. you're <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh my and god. So he bro, he's like, Oh, I'll learn from the PC, blah blah blah. And we all sat there, like, you are not an amateur boxer. Well you can't even fucking remember your first name, last name. Okay, cool. And also, bro, when you're when you're playing another gimmick, it's cool if you want to be another race. Not really. Your real name's Eric Arn. You you changed it in court to Eric Anthony, so, yeah. Yeah, didn't he didn't he do that because he had some legal issues, <laughs> bro? When you sign your name like a penis on a driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean I heard of some shitty uh, signatures But yeah his was pretty I heard it was pretty shitty I sat there like this I was like so you steal my shit And the only difference is I'll give you My name is Brian Rams And I am a certified G And you can't teach me How's it going That turned into My name is Enzo Amore, and I am a certified jeep and a fide stud, and you can't teach that. And This right here, this right here is big cast, and he's seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, real skies in the room. How are you doing? Yeah, what a fucking ripoff. Dude, see, that's what I'm saying, and it's like. Everyone's like, oh, he ripped off my gimmick. I was like, I can't complain because the motherfucker only lasted a year and a half. And look, he got a fucking shitty rap career out of the deal. Okay. Yeah, this shit ain't going nowhere, is it? <laughs> well, dude, I was I was laughing because he... Okay, I, I tortured myself and watched the YouTube video of him and his rap video. I didn't even get a chance to watch it. I don't even think I want to. <laughs> Stick your bare foot in your mouth. That's more pleasurable than watching Inzor Moray rap.
2: <laughs>
3: oh, man. Because I'll tell you, everyone thinks he's alive. Why I'm like, look, he came in the room one time, dude, and he goes, oh, bro, I can write a thousand promos, a million promos. And me and Simon Gotts were like, you can't fucking talk? <laughs> Oh, man. Like, like, bro, you, I mean, sometimes he'd come in the room and everyone just turned their backs on him. Like, you can ask some people, like, what we would, like, how we, the locker room atmosphere with him was just like, ooh, how do I put this? Um, You wanted to punch him in the non-existent cock because everyone that stereotyped us from the East Coast Thank you, you fuck I hate yeah. him Because even Dude, even Les Thatcher At a Monster Factory camp Goes, well At least you can work Unlike Enzo
2: <laughs>
3: Oh, man You know, I thought it was funny Because when he uh, Actually What did he Snap his fucking neck On the rope Or something like that When he dude, just he, said You he, know how you do a Baseball slide You know how to do a Baseball yeah. slide so fucking concussed himself Cause he couldn't so, do it right <laughs> Cause he couldn't do it right It's like motherfucker where did you You ask the very first question they ask you At the PC okay who trained you And That's okay, This is the same class as Ambrose And all them UK you you ask where they train, blah, blah, blah Okay, from Ohio, okay, I trained in FCW Okay, I trained that Oh, I was an amateur boxer My, my reaction was, fucker
2: <laughs>
1: And
3: that's I, the I mean, thing, he's an amateur boxer Wasn't even a pro boxer <clears throat> I was like, bro, that man bun Really makes you look like a fucking bitch But okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Because they want to talk yeah, about we, little guys that can actually wrestle. Okay, let's throw them out there. Austin Aries, Neville. Yep. Yeah. You know, um, fuck, Mark dude. I'd mean, go back in the day. Fucking uh, Guido. Yes. He's the perfect little dude. The, the funny thing is, dude, when we got to have our mentors come to the PC... The fun part about that was, you know, we didn't really know who was gonna come. I mean it was William Regal Blue, uh Byron Saxon, all them. It was it was fresh, it was new. Enzo was the type to oh yeah, bro, I think I did the last week, but I kinda was off on this and we all looked at him like, motherfucker, shut the fuck up, please. <laughs> oh man. Like I'm, you are the presence of you you literally some people are asking me, like, so how was the PC? I was like, it's like I just treated it as if it were a normal fucking training center that could enhance your skills or make you better. And this, this is why I say this, folks. Enzo was very one-dimensional and should have just been a manager. Yep. He could have been another. He could have been. He could have been a. a not saying that anybody's actually great like Paul Heyman as a manager right now, but he could have been somewhat compared to a Paul Heyman as being a big mouthpiece for somebody. You know? Because Enzo has... Further. The... Yeah, I mean, he has a mouthpiece, but that's it. The guy can't wrestle, and obviously his bumps look like a fucking a manager bump anyways. <laughs> Every time he comes in, it's like, okay, Cass dominates half the match, and then Enzo comes in for the hot tag, and it looks like, you know, he's completely lost, he doesn't know where he's at. It's like, dude, you're not the one calling the match. Exactly.
2: But
3: you know, like, unless your name is John Cena, Hogan, or anyone else, you shouldn't really be fucking talking. Exactly. Here's the, here's the one thing that, that I always... Uh, took to heart um, When you said about calling a match um, I remember doing a show out in uh, Chicago, Illinois once And uh, Al Snow Happened to be there and To do the main event And uh, he was watching the beginning of the show I happened to be, I think The opener of this show And um, You know, ev- everybody Learned differently You know, My theory for wrestling was if I forget something, just tell me. Hey, if I don't fuck it, keep going. If I if I forget, just keep going. Let's not stop working. Well, I forgot to do a monkey flip. We kept working. I didn't stop the pace. We just kept rolling with it and uh, getting the locker room dude starts bitching at me. Al Snow comes over. Hey, what's going on, guys? He's you know, let's sit down and talk about this. The dude's bitching, yelling. Screaming, he forgot the fucking monkey flip. Else, no goes, shut the fuck up. Let me tell you something. Did the crowd know he, he missed the monkey flip? The dude was like, no. Did he keep working? Yes. Well, then what the fuck are you yelling at him for? As long as he kept working, there should be no, no problem. <laughs> you miss one thing, there should be no reason why you should be freaking out in the locker room. You know, and ever since that point on, I learned a valuable lesson. I learned a lesson of, so what if you forget one thing? As long as you keep working, there's no, nothing wrong with it. But if you forget the whole match, well, then you're a fucking retard, you know? <laughs> <laughs> then you're yeah. a fucking dumbass. Then you're just somebody who shouldn't be wrestling at all. Uh <laughs> um, Let's see I uh <laughs> when I first started, El Chico was the gimmick name I went under, and let me tell you, I tell people this all the time. I was like wrestling out in the heat, I thought I was gonna die <laughs> well how many how much time you have and you know people are like oh there's there's no time with it. I was like, dude, they give you fucking <laughs> time because it's oh, so if you don't mind,
2: here's
3: what I'm gonna tell you. Wrestling in a hood in Puerto Rico No fucking thank you well. <laughs> Yeah I heard about Puerto Rico leather man And I don't know I'm glad I don't wear a hood dude Even even wrestling in the Mid of summer and doing outside shows Sucks Especially on a leather canvas Oh Oh and especially dude like I don't okay I gotta get your opinion there are wrestlers that don't really grasp the concept, okay, I was trained, if you wrestle a guy barefoot, stomp on his toes. And I see Matt Riddle, Rusev, there's a few other wrestlers that have done it. I'm like, what the? I, I get it. You know, I've wrestled in a hood before, but barefoot, Uh, no thanks, because you're more liable for injury. Like, if you do flippy, flippy shit, For the noobs, he'll listen You're going to land straight on your ankle And I've seen it done before Dude, I was wrestling a dude Who was wrestling barefoot And I told him, I said You got to put tape on your ankles for traction, man If you don't You're going to be All kinds of fucked up And he just laughed at me I said, okay, I'll wait About the Sixth time we wrestled each other Goes up to do an, a moonsault on the outside and crack goes the ankle. Damn, I don't, I don't, I, I never, I never like that. Not wearing anything on your feet gimmick. I, I, I personally thought it was, it's kind of stupid. Like you said, it's unsafe. Break a fucking toe, break an ankle quicker. You don't have no. I mean, support. It's not like you're. I mean, some of these guys treat it like if you're going swimming, I was like, that's fine, you're barefoot for swimming, but when you work in a ring, what if you kick your foot on the fucking steel steps?
2: Yeah.
3: Like, I read... It's
2: going
3: to... Like, when I read wrestled necro Necro Butcher, it was funny, um... Oh, he's the smartest guy in the world, too, man. Fucking pure genius. I asked him about it because he, then he got wrestling boots, but he, I was like, dude, how did you wrestle back in the day with nothing on, man? He's like, I don't know. I'm just used to pain. <laughs> I'm like, Ow. Look at anybody, like, I'm sorry, dude. I shattered my heels, and anything that touched my foot sucks like that. Yeah, a needle or thumbtack. Even if I stepped on a nail, I could if I step on a nail and I get like a a touch of it, oh dude, I'm screaming like a little bitch. Fuck that. I hate that shit. And here I see this guy wrestling around in barefoot thumbtack matches. I'm like, oh god, dude, no <laughs> way. I mean I got thumbtack, thumbtack to- slammed through my body before, but not on my feet. Fuck that dude, see, our feet are, like, <laughs> I always, I always remember Ambrose versus Tag Joe when I was starting out, and I, I remember, I was like, are you, this guy is like a thinner version of Foley, because I was like, John, are you, was like, you serious, bro, is like, you gonna take, he's like, yeah, I was, I was like, I get adrenaline rush, like, you sadist, you motherfucker <laughs> likes I mean, he's like, well, you only live. fucking once. You take light tubes on the back, and you take this. It was like, you shouldn't be afraid of what you He's right about that. You can't be afraid of what's in front of you. But fucking, dude, I've seen a match between Tommy Snow and Eric, whatever his face is. And I just remember seeing the crowd, dude, throw a bunch of fucking chairs in the ring. I was like, ECW 2.0. Yes. Yes. As I, I I saw that video on, online. I uh, now that I've, I've been doing death matches, dude. Now it's like dumb thumbtacks, Bob. Whatever, fuck it. Who cares, you know? And yeah. then once I got to the light tubes, it kind of got a little ridiculous. Like I was like, oh man, no way. Why am I doing this shit? But then at the end of the day, I'm realizing like, all right, too getting too bad cut up like half these guys that do death matches are because I I am trying to be aware of what I'm using so I'm not getting fucked up and at the end of the day at the end of the tournament or whatever I'm looking at these dudes and they're fucking scarred up to hell I'm like "Mm, maybe I'll take a step back and not do so much from this 'Cause I don't wanna have scars up the ass and then have to explain to my kids or my family down the line, hey yeah, I was an asshole and just love playing with glass, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, dude, like I got one of the people that's absolute batshit insane, actually too, Gargano and Ciampa, I I seen some of their shit in P W G and it transferred over to NXT. And some people were like, oh, no. I was like, dude, Champa's fucking crazy. and I got to say, when it comes to thumbtacks and all that, people are like, oh, does it hurt? I was like, well, you tell me.
2: <laughs> when you land on
3: tax, it's not going to tickle you and be like, okay, sure. It could. <laughs> I was told by a long time ago, oh, well, yeah, when you land on tax, it comes; they come right back out on a suplex or a DDT. And I was like, hmm,
2: no. Uh,
3: <laughs> The fun part is they're like, well, how did barbed wire feel? I like, okay, just picture a bunch of nails going across your face, but yep. they're thinner and more wiry. Yep. I remember the first death match I had, in fact, was a true death match. I, I mean, I had my first one, my first kind of experience was with Chase McCoy. But the actual true one was with Marcus Crane, and that was insane, like I went through two ladders for the finish I did got a oh. we had one yeah, we had one set up vertical one set up um or, you know from the corner turnbuckle to the other ladder, and my lower back just missed the top rung of the one that was standing vertical. he suplexed me from the top rope onto the two ladders. And it was fucking gruesome, dude. But I've learned that, because I didn't, I guess from back then till now, I was unsure that I was capable of hitting these guys and causing them pain. And then after my third death match, I'm like, fuck it. I'm done going easy. I'm done trying to take the... The easy road, I'm going to start fucking Wailing on motherfuckers And by the time I started doing that, dude I, like, dysfunction Was, like, telling me, yeah, dude I think I found your niche in my show now I think you're going to be the next deathmatch guy Around here, I'm like, dude, that's not What I really want to be known for <laughs> I want to be known for being an asshole <laughs> Like I've been doing This whole time, not being a deathmatch Asshole <laughs> Nothing wrong with an asshole. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing wrong longer, with it, brother, too. being... I agree. I agree completely, dude. Um, One of the things about deathmatch wrestling, I mean, some people say Sammy I mean, Callahan's really good at it. Some people say McFoley was an art form. And I said, look, to each their fucking own, like, everyone says, well, this wrestler particular is going to be a deathmatch worker, Oh, great, is my thoughts, because I I remember seeing glass on chairs. I remember seeing shit in Japan that I wish I wouldn't see, you know, like chicken wire matches and all this shit. Japan, Japan has, we have Japan has everything on us with death matches, man. I mean, I don't think American death matching can compare to Japanese death matches. I I mean, I you're you're absolutely right on that, dude. The the shit that Japanese wrestlers come up with and the weapons, oh my god, dude. You you start wondering, you're like, okay, what are we fucking or what is Japan hiding over there? Like, holy shit, like there's a shit ton of videos that are not released. I mean if you if some people say, well, I think it's badass. I was like, what kind of torture? I mean, not trying to be mean to some fans, but what kind of sadistic torture childhoods do you fuckers have? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I look at it uh what was it? Uh there was a match where it was a electrocution death match on a fucking lake or something. Like, they had the fucking ring in the middle of a lake, and yet they had electric electrocuting uh, ring ropes or whatever, and then they had these fucking daggers that they're actually sticking in each other. And I'm like, all right, first of all, I'm thinking New Jack. But then I'm looking at it, it's New Jack times 10 because they're actually taking these fucking knives and actually sticking each other and they're enjoying it. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I No matter how much I enjoy deathmatch wrestling, I just would not sit there and want to stick my opponent, friend or foe, I just would not want to stick him with a fucking shank <laughs> and say, hey, fuck you, uh, we're going to wrestle. It doesn't matter if you bleed, bleed out you know, to death in the ring, but we're going to fucking stab each other. Fuck it. Dude, and like speaking of different styles, like you know, Japan's known for death matches, and also bringing up like Shinsuke Nakamura, Naito, all of them for uh, Wrestle Kingdom and whatnot. But it's crazy, dude. Like they get a Kendo stick in their hand, and you're like, no thanks. Yeah, yeah, they're that's vicious. Oh, dude, I got a, I got a funny Kendo stick story. So I set Monster Factory as managing. For this awesome dude You know Fuji I give all the Monster Factory students credit But he Hit Bender twice And then When Bender moved out the way I was like why'd you give him love taps But you fucking hit me Like you're hitting a home run (laughs) (laughs) Oh Did you ever give one hit Did I ever give one what? Did you ever get one hit and not to sound like a fucking sick freak? Did you ever get one hit across the, like, lower part of your back to cross your ass? Yep, I did. That shit sucks worse than the shoulder blade, boy. Oh, the fucking dude, uh, it was, uh, getting chased out of a battle royal or some shit. And he was hitting everybody with a kendo stick. And I was just about to go over the rope, and this motherfucker went to town on me, dude. I had two welts come home. My woman's like, what the fuck? I'm like, uh, yeah, I can't sit down for a couple of days, okay? I got to lay in bed the other way. <laughs> Not happening no more. Fuck that. I'll take it to back."
2: Like,
3: dude, I felt like someone had taken a knife, like you said, and it just... Nope, your ass ain't gonna be sitting for three days. Yeah, that's some fucked up shit, man. Well, I, I told like the the dude that hits the hardest, dude. I'll tell you. <clears throat> I wish I could have gotten the chance to work him, uh, Sammy Callahan. I tell you, he yeah, Sammy's not. I, I always I, – I enjoy his work. Everything that he did so far, especially in the – I'm going to call it the new era of TNA because they've brought so much action into it now than they have ever did before, you know, especially losing all the big timers. And then when they – got the Lucha Underground dudes in there. Oh, my God. Everything is so much better in there. Exactly, because you actually... Okay, look. Some people stick to one genre of wrestling. That's fine. But I always say, let's, sweet, let's fucking stir the pot and watch every kind of wrestling and judge for yourself. Ring of Honor is also pretty good, but to me... Uh I don't know why this end thing, you know, there's so many fucking falsies at the end of the matches somewhere sometimes. And then they're like, "Well, that's wrestling." I said, "No. That's called bullshit. If you kick out of five finishers, uh unless it's a big fucking pay-per-view, why are you doing exactly. it on a house show?" Exactly. You know, to me, to me, like like I had a a problem with a, a match when I was out in um, North Dakota. Just some rookies. But they kept on hitting finishers after finishers after finishers. And these kids were just kicking out and kicking out and kicking out. And I wasn't – I'm never one to, like, scold anybody because, hey, I'm still learning even 14 and a half years in this business. You know, I, I still got to learn. I still got to learn how to – Vamp up my moves here and there, but these kids been wrestling for at least three years, four years, and they still don't understand the meaning of savoring a move to when it when it needs to be done. And I I I literally, after two years of talking to these kids, I literally unleashed hell on them. But immediately after I unleashed hell, I felt bad. You know, I felt like I was yelling at my my fucking sister or something, you know, and I pulled him aside and I I said, listen, I'm sorry. I'm yelling at you guys, but you're making everything else a lot harder now because what you guys just did and next match has to work 10 times harder to make up for your bullshit. And I think that, you know, hitting a couple finishers in a match is great, but, in a certain sequence at a certain time of the match. Like, it, it makes no sense to hit a finisher and then kick out, get him in a move and hit a finisher. Like, why, why, why? The guy should be dead then, you know? Well, the other example that I did, I was at a takeover for um, Barclays. That's where I live in Brooklyn, okay? And I see Undisputed versus Mustache Mountain. Mustache Mountain hits three, four... Well, it goes up five, six finishes. Holy oh, shit! And I'm, not, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, dude, I'm not one to be a fan of what everyone else is a fan of, because yeah. everyone, oh, undisputed era, you know, undisputed era, blah, blah, blah. Like I don't. If NWODX and Four Horsemen had a love child, there you go.
2: <laughs> because I like
3: Roderick Strong. I respect Adam Cole. I respect all those guys. Oh, yeah. It's just Kyle O'Reilly kind of rubs me the wrong way. Why? Oh, because Kyle O'Reilly. No, dude, he looks like the dipshit that gets fucking drunk and tries to hit on everything that has two legs. (laughs) Oh, man. And they're like, well, what do you think? I was like, look, you do realize that Undisputed is going to end up like Gargano? who's been on NXT for literally almost three years. And, like, we, I said, if he moves up, guess where they're going to put him? 205 Live. And if he gets put on main, there ain't no fucking way. Yep. You know, and here's the other thing. I, I kind of was weirded out. Like, a while ago, I was talking to some um, lady who happened to be a talent scout for, or one of the scouts for the E. And she was like, oh, yeah, they're going to change everything and make every." make the little guys part of the show and I'm like, are you talking about part of the main roster or are you talking about just something different? Like once in a while, like when they had Tsunaki or uh, what's his, what the the smaller dudes back like Nunzio and all that. She's like, no, they're talking about putting them on the roster. I'm like, okay, cool. Then they got their own little show, but yet, you're still not making the point. You're giving these guys a little spot, but yet you're not putting them on the main show. Like WrestleMania was cool because they actually showcased them, but they showcased them in the beginning and then let them bigger guys go. And I'm like that's a cool it's cool, but you're still not putting the little guys on the main roster. It'd be nice to see Some of the little guys on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, on the main roster, you know, doing their thing. You know, it's like the same thing that they did with Aries. You know, they had a thing with Aries, and then they shit on that, and then they let Aries go. See, I, I I gotta say, Aries, Neville, they should have been a part of the main roster. Now, despite the fact that Corey Graves forgets, because Polinsky always fucking forgets, um, once upon a time, he was partnered with Neville, and he didn't discount Neville's talent, and some people are like, oh, you just said his real name. I was like, look, dude, Fabe doesn't exist anymore, okay? It truly doesn't, honestly, man, it, and that's the shitty part. Uh, like Corey Graves don't get me wrong But I, I laugh at what Becky Lynch said about him I was like okay it, It's the truth Why don't you just take a break for a minute And stop doing your Bobby Heenan routine <laughs> And yeah, you know, It's the honest to God fucking truth Like he uh, You're trying too hard man Jerry the yeah. King of Oliver You know what I'm saying Jerry the King of Oliver was a great heel color Then you have Jesse the Body and some people say, well, you're just upset because I said, no, dude, he was smart because he had another avenue. I'm not mad at the guy for that, but, my God, dude, if you're trying to be, like, several personalities wrapped up into one, I don't have an issue with you, but when you straight-up commentate, like, oh, you know, Neville, blah, 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 blah. It's like you two, he's acting as if he was never his tag partner. And also, the fun part about Graves now is, hmm, let's be a darling on social media and act like you're bigger than something that you're not. Motherfucker, mm. you got concussed because you did a dive. And two, it must really suck knowing that you can't wrestle no more. <laughs> Oh shit, yeah. That on the right on the head. You know, I, I'm not I mean, I mean nowadays, nowadays I, I look at it as I I see that, you know, the eve is kinda starting to let some of that, you know, talent that, you know, was brought up in the Ring of Honor keep their name, which is cool. I like that, that they're actually letting them keep their name, but at the same time it's like they're doing things with them, and then they kind of shove them off to the side for a while. They'll bring them back, but then they'll shove them away again. It's like, fuck, guys. Can't you just keep these guys on the roster long enough to do a good storyline with them? Well, I mean, a good example of someone coming over from Ring of Honor, uh, but, you know, we all have our demons as workers, man. Uh, Mike Canellis. And Maria Canellis, Mike had a pill-popping issue, so does Orton. Uh, is Orton yep. still a part of the program? And people are like, "We do you have a pill-popping program? Really, motherfuckers. This is another thing I'm going to touch base on, folks, with Cato on here. Um, I think, man, some people thought I was going to start asking a bunch of questions. I'm doing the show a little differently, folks. I don't have to pertain to what the format of the show or my show is supposed to be. I... I, I I just feel comfortable with Cato because he seems like, you know, a good personality to fucking not only chat with but converse with because why? I believe that when push comes to shove and you're to do a show, I've had two mishaps with two shows, and I would like to just get a conversation out there. One thing I want to touch on with uh, Mr. Graves is – I've held this in for a while. You sound a bit pretentious when you're on fucking social media. You forget you come from the same performance center that we all came from, sir. And three, yeah, when you lost your professional touch on air when Enzo was out there, I think you should have gotten suspended. Yes, yes. That's agreed. So true. man. Yeah, and then like another thing is, when you sit there on Twitter, on of all social media,s you look like a puss bag because you know you can't fuck work anymore. You're six foot six, and you get drunk at Dolph Ziggler's comedy show. That's true story. I was there. <laughs> oh no, really? Yes. Oh, that I would have called him a fucktard. <laughs> Corey. Wait like, okay, Let, let's just call it like it is. He's a good announcer. You, I mean, I don't I don't know how to judge his wrestling skills because obviously, you know, make it further. And when you're friends with guys like Steve Cutler, you know, Cutler's a product, of monster factory, works really hard. When you're friends with people, but then you, you I was like, I, I like him in the sense that he puts himself out there, but at the same token, like, what what success story do you have to tell other than the fact that you made it to WWE, you're a father, you're a good person, you're this, that, the other, really good person? You're just as bad as fucking Sasha Banks, who, and they're like, well, she's a, she's a model citizen. I'm like, no, she completely ignored my cousin when we were trying to get an autograph from her and she's so like, oh my friend says, oh she was totally nice. I was like, do you know her personality?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, some people forget about that shit, man. They, you know, and that's the thing. People, and then this is what I always told people: like, don't forget. If, no matter if you're starting out now, young, whatever, or middle age, or even at an older, elder age, don't ever forget the people that helps you get there because it's those same people that, you know, you should respect no matter who they are, even your friends, your family, even little kids, because it's the little kids that watch, watch us do what we do best and that want to strive to be like us when they see the, you know, you see their face cheering or booing. It's those kids that we do it for. And and the adults, you know, that come and pay money for us. And these fucking people just turn around and shit on the fans. I hate that shit, you know? They come out there, they do their thing, but yet they won't shake hands or even sign a fucking autograph. It's like, dude, get the fuck over yourself. No matter what well, you are, you're whole, still a fucking human being, you know? I understand the whole airport thing. Like, I understand you don't want to get a pro so after you travel, whatever. But, like... Dude, my cousin was in tears because she, like, literally, this was the whole moment where you're like, okay, Sasha was like her idol. And her idol just basically said, oh, I don't have a pen. And I handed her a Sharpie. Literally said, here, I got one. Oh, no, I got to go to the gym workout. That's what she said. That is what she said. She's like, I didn't say that shit. I was like, bitch, because you don't remember, and now she's got a number one contendership for Ronda Rousey, I'm like, well, I wonder if this is just gonna be another fucking squash match because... Yeah, it's it's stupid, like, you know, me me personally, it's like, i I had that same thing uh i had who was it was it my it was my my best friend's uh little brother, and we went down to the arena and sitting there getting autographs from everybody and the fucking i think it was i mean chris jericho at the time was an asshole, but I seen him pri- a long time a while ago, and he was really cool. But at that time, when he was Y2J, he uh, fucking was like, I ain't giving you shit. I'm not giving you fuckers an autograph. All you guys are sitting here at a fence. Fuck you. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I seen some shit from Jericho. Like, I seen those videos online. But when that happened, I was like, dude, that is not cool. That's, I lost all respect for that, you know. <clears throat> like, dude, the other thing that I want to chat with about is, like, some people, I swear, they like, well, they say horrible shit about communities of wrestling, like, the LGBTQ. Or they say, like, well, those guys are really wrestlers like this. so like, can you imagine how his tag team partner must feel? Someone said that to me at the PC. I was, like... Uh, dudes, I was like, let me tell you, Darren's one of the coolest people I know, and Titus doesn't have any issues with him.
2: Yeah. So,
3: but like the stance on that is alone, some people are homophobes, some people are not. Let's call it like we see it.
2: If you yep. don't,
3: if you if if you try to impose your belief on. Others, that's a problem. Now, if you make a joke out of the gimmick, like Goldust, he's not really gay, but he did the tease with Razor Ramon. I thought that shit was hilarious.
2: Exactly.
3: You know, and I mean, I've I've seen guys who are wrestling, even women that are gay, and I, you know, to me, it's no, it's it doesn't make a difference because you're there to do a job, you're there to perform, you're there to entertain. You're there to put on a good show and have a good time doing it, you know? And there's people that come up to me all the time, well, what do you think about gay people in wrestling? It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what I think about their ability to work. It doesn't matter if they're gay, straight, bisexual, you know, trans. I don't care. As long as you do your damn job right, then there shouldn't be no problem. And the and the thing about it is, like, dude, I'm all for people wanting to do what they want to do. You know, you want to, as long as you have fun doing your life. Don't hit on me, though. <laughs> that's all ah, I care about. Ah, like, you, 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 guy, just don't hit on me, cause I don't want that shit. I like pussy. <laughs> I like I like my women. You know, that's why I got a wife. <laughs> you know, and God forbid she's uh, putting up with me talking. <laughs> right now. <laughs> She's trying to go to sleep but I don't really oh. care. She she loves me for it, so it doesn't matter. She knows that uh this is my life. But it, you know, that's the thing. Like I think it should be it shouldn't be like such a big issue anymore, especially with the the laws changing and uh, gay marriage is, is a thing for you know, now and it's like To each its own, stop being so judgmental. If a guy's gay or a girl's gay and they can work, then let them work. Stop downing them, you know? And and then another thing is, too, like you you touched on earlier, everybody has their demons. Everybody has their problems, you know, and a lot of workers, and, and it's a sad thing, a lot of workers have demons. You know, I was one of them. I was a guy... And I'm never going to hide from my past. My past is my past, but that don't predict my future. But I'm not going to lie. I was addicted to pain pills due to my injury. I fell off into the worst fucking drug in the world. And everybody knows what the hell that drug is. And unfortunately, thank God, that I got in trouble and got clean. And when I completed my program, dude, I felt like I was the absolute best. At that particular at that time, I I felt like, you know, I was great and I was starting to perform better, starting to to listen better, but then I had those those negative people around saying, "Oh, you fuck that guy. You shouldn't hire him because he did this, this, and this." Or, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is. People shouldn't judge you by your past, but how you are right now at this point in your life and in the, in the, in, in who you are right now. And that's what sucks because this business kind of looks, some of these promoters and, and some of the people kind of look back on your past. It's like, fuck my past. Look what I'm doing now, you know? I think that's why it took me, it took me a long time to get over that and say, so, you know what, I'm not going to let that bug me anymore, because that's below me. Now, I'm a better man, because I put them below me. You
2: know? It's
3: and I, definitely, uh, like it's definitely a journey in wrestling. Like, people, I wouldn't say people, i say like, the wrestling community, can. some people who don't understand It can be fun. It can be. It's it's a marriage. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Marriage. It is. You marry. Yeah. Like uh, when I met Roddy Piper, he said, You take her by the arm. You think I'm fucking kidding you with this shit? He goes, (laughs) You marry into this business. You marry. It's like you treat it. Wife, husband, I don't give a fuck. He goes, I've seen it all. Yep. I mean, I've saw so much in my time of being a being an athlete. Right now, at this stage of my life, I've learned to like severely judging people on their past. Like, it's it's the past, you know. People make so many mistakes. It's just how you perform now and into the future. And the thing about it is, I, I guess, hell, I'm not going to lie. Fuck it. I'm not even going to hide it. The one person that that put me down the most and, and ran my name down to the ground, and I even hate saying his name, Frankie the Thumper the Falco. The guy, you know, got shitted on in, in AWA. And he did it to himself. But yet, I was his lackey. I I went to him after I started training with Angel Armani. And I followed everything Frank wanted me to do. And there again, I mess up. I fall into a bad bad state of mind. And I moved on. And he couldn't. The guy still tries to shit talk me at shows and stuff. It's like, dude, move on. Quit uh, whining and crying about the Past you know the past is the past Get the fuck over it Either move on Or fucking go find somebody else To bitch about Live and learn And thank god I don't have to work with that guy No more I, I moved on to Awesome people awesome promoters That fucking really like to see my talent You know and like to Let me showcase that And Hey it got me this far so far and it's only only growing higher, you know. I, uh, you know, I always say this. I was like, it took uh, Monster Factory for me to realize that this was it. You know, I've been doing this since two thousand eight, and some people say I not I was like, it's not a dick pissing contest. You fuckers need to realize, invest in yourself. You yeah. also need to realize. The fucking problems, I mean, you, you and I can probably agree on this. The young guns right now in wrestling are about, I gotta get all my shit in. I gotta do all this, blah, 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 blah. You guys forget, it's from the lockup to the fucking middle when you, so the heel does the fucking heat, and then you get a simple fucking, okay, I set, you know, the falsy or two, not too many, and then. Set up, finish, go home. If it's a big fucking event, sure, do all the fucking fall season finishes. But some people, I I, it irritates me, because they're like, oh, during fucking chain, you know, you got to do, it's not British wrestling, man. And it's irritating (laughs) about some fucking promotions. They're like, oh, you got to do chain. Chain is everything. It's like, we're not in the UK, and I hate to be honest, after wrestling, you know, abroad, I can fucking tell you, I told him, I said, You think chain is everything. Well, when you get to the East Coast they'll boo the fucking shit out of you because if we see that shit we'll appreciate and we'll ooh and we'll awe. Ah, but uh we're very picky out here.
0: Exactly. And when
3: guys when guys sit there and be like, Oh, I know what the crowd wants. No the fuck you don't
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I I this is this is that's the thing. Like, I go off of the crowd more than I've ever did in my life. Like, I think, I think the, the younger guys that I would wrest that I wrestle, I tell them, I think the best thing I've ever did was tell somebody, look, I know you have seven different steps of the match. I want you to only remember three, the opener, your comeback, and the finish everything else I'll take care of. (laughs) That's what I tell them too, man. It's just like simple philosophy. It's like keep it simple, stupid. Yep. Because the more and more, like I, I don't mind doing a lot of wrestling, a lot of chain, or a lot of fucking running around. But the more you add all that shit in a match, the more, the more that it could get fucked up. The the more chances of it getting fucked up will get fucked up. And the thing about it is, if If your partner doesn't trust you, then you don't trust your partner. Then it's going to be the worry game, and then your heads are going to collide, and then you're going to start overthinking.
2: And it's like,
3: settle down. Remember the three steps, the most important three steps in my eyes, that is. Mm -hmm. And then, then, honestly, everything will be fine. And I think a lot of cats nowadays in the business kind of tend to tend to overthink and just want to do so much like you said they just want to throw so much in a match it's like dude settle the fuck down keep it simple next time you wrestle throw them a little bit more if we got a fucking storyline going we'll add that into the next match then we'll add a little bit more and so on and so forth
2: you know Um, (laughs) I
3: I also like want to touch on this like when guys who have to control every bit of the fucking match I just keep my I keep my mouth shut or I would keep my mouth shut and just say, This fucker this motherfucker I can't say an L out of my head I was like you, you really think you really fucking think that I'm gonna oh we should do this before the heat. Oh we should do that blah 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 outside of like No, no and no <laughs> <clears throat> I, there was this uh, kid I was working in uh, North Dakota that wanted to do so much. I'm like, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, whatever. All right, fine, fuck it. Got in for the match. I didn't let that kid do nothing to her. I didn't let him do much. Fucking didn't even let him do any comebacks or nothing. I was mean, like, listen, kid, you wanted to throw so much shit in there. Your comeback was simple, right? Yeah. I was like, it's because I made you do that.
2: I was like, I don't
3: want you to do 50,000 things during your comeback because that's pointless for one. It's overkill for two. And then on the other half, it's going to totally make me look stupid. Was, this kid wanted to do, like, eight to ten different move sets in his comeback. And I stuck him with three. I was like, dude, that, that, that's way too much. It ain't happening. Yeah, I, uh, one second, man, we're gonna fast forward into Off the Rails, Uncensored, this is the, I haven't done this shit in a while, folks, but I'm gonna keep Cato on the line, because this <laughs> is gonna be the format section of the show, you fuck, Jesus Christ, I, I swear to God, my fans on Instagram, why didn't you do a raw review, why didn't you do this, but I'm like, dude, I got, you, for real, for reals. <laughs> Hey, we're fucking I going know. on since goddamn it. Yes, and I love it. So, folks, buckle up, fucks. We're about to get inside the head of good old Brian Rails, and let me tell you, it's going to be a fucking trip. <laughs> Just do a little intro, yada yada. Um, welcome, folks, to Off the Rails. I finally get to get this shit in because I haven't been able to get it in. Um, let me just say, dude, um, I, I like conversating with people that I can actually get on the level with because why? So many people are like, oh, well, you don't know, you don't know. It's like, dude, how clickish, how high school girlish can wrestlers be sometimes?
2: So I've got kind of to touch
3: on the issue. Yeah. I'm gonna to touch on the issue of I hate how people say there's no favoritism in wrestling. Really?
0: You really wanna
3: you really wanna to touch that? Oh my god. Favoritism. There's so much favoritism in wrestling. Fuck. Some some people. Are saying on my Instagram, well, you just always bitch all the time. I was like, okay, dude, look, I was in NXT non-main live roster. I can sit there and tell you that Hunter has his fucking favorites. Stephanie has her fucking (laughs) favorites. Why do you think the same fucking people get pushed? Because they get opportunities. No. There's no such thing as opportunities anymore. It's all whose ass is getting kissed and who's fucking... Who they like? It's like, dude, if you if you really want to know what Kato and I think on on favoritism, okay, we keep our mouths shut because we want a fucking paycheck at the end of the day. Yes, but also we keep it real um, with you people with some of the folks you know in UK, uh, Canada, US. What's up? We and Australia, Latvia, Indonesia, all my fans, Ireland, Glasgow. Cool, I love you all. But I, I just want to say. That The problem that I'm having With some of you is You don't really know the inner workings of wrestling And that's fine yeah. Totally fine But when it comes down to it At the end of the day Whose asses are really getting Kissed and who's getting fucked it, it, It's like this dude Like I You know There's a dude named Pero Who's really big dude Really nice you know, as a fellow gay wrestler, it's like it's like we knew in your coming out party. Like I don't fucking care, but like my thing is when you say there's no favoritism. So why is it some of our community has to hide and not say a word? And they're like, well, you're just bitching and moaning. I said, no, dude, I'm not fucking just making this shit up. What happened to Darren Young after he came out? he completely got he completely disappeared. Mike Perro left because well you know he wanted to take advantage of wrestling and other organizations that would accept him for who he is. I haven't touched on this issue yet once on my show, but I am going to touch on it. you've got sonia deville you've got i don't know who else uh victoria victoria you, you, you've got You've got people wrestling, you know, and it's like, well, the gay community doesn't care that we're getting shunned. Yeah, we fucking do. Well, Uh, it's like my my tag team partner, uh, Vandella from uh, Kansas. He's gay. He's open about it, but there's a couple uh, promotions that don't want him on the show because of that. And it's bullshit. It's like, dude, we have skills. They're, you know, they're better used for other things other than, you know, freaking people out. It's like, I don't know. They say, well, the times, you know, conservatism. I'm like, well, you know, I got injured, so that's why I left at I, you know, it wasn't because there was any issues between me, Hunter, Stephanie, Vince, Jamie, Noble, Brian Armstrong, all of them. No. There was not any issues between Well, Michael Hayes is a bit of a racist prick But, you know, that's a different story So uh, <laughs> oh,
2: Yeah, we all heard
3: that one <laughs> I gotta say, man You know, he's a good guy Just some of the innuendos on his writing um, Would say Otherwise, and I love, you know The fact that he's in denial about some of that stuff Well, that wasn't racist, so really? So, Nation of Domination, anyone? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, Yeah <coughs>
3: Well, what about and I and I hate to say this even though I had a fight with him what do you think about Swaggle
0: and him being
3: racist? I think Swaggle it was hilarious when I saw him fall down a bunch of flights of stairs at CM Punk's wedding. Oh, really? Holy shit. Uh, dude, it was hilarious. Like they see him drinking a few. And I was like, "Well, that midget's gonna fall downstairs." I didn't know he's actually gonna fucking fall down the goddamn stairs. But you know, <laughs> shit happens. <laughs> shit happens to little people like him. I mean, I mean literally. If, if you're racist, if you're racist about shit that you, this is what this is what I'm gonna touch base on, man. Like, if you're racist about certain shit. Then, like, okay, if you're against people who have fetishes or you're against people who have piercings, that makes you an ignorant fucking prick. Yep. And I, I, it
2: really
3: doesn't change. It really doesn't change the fact that you are a closet racist. Oh, I'm not racist. I'm just tolerant. That's a crock of shit. Yeah, because and that that's the same thing out in the in the real world. I mean. Besides, you know, us being workers and wrestlers and then the fans. I mean, people don't understand. That's the same thing in today's world. There's racism and there's the in-the-closet racism, you know. And everybody's got a little bit of taste to them. Who cares? But it's when you say the negative racism to people in their face... Then it's like, alright, and you know, people can't learn to control themselves. They need to get stomped in the fucking face. Well, dude, and it's it's one thing that's hilarious is like people are like, well, if you like a certain thing, that must mean you're this type of person. Like, for example, if someone wears tattoos, you know, or if someone comes up to someone saying, Oh, you look really cute today and nowadays like when you do that at the mall or you or you do that, you know, in public, people's perception turns into this whole oh, did you just say I was cute? Are you hitting on me? You know, I mean like for real, like some people take it into the whole nother level of co- way out of context. Exactly. Oh my God. Especially on social media. Like Yeah I- Like, I can't, I I don't get it. So, now, whether it's gay or straight, but if you say it, you know, a person says it to one person, but then they say, oh, hey, thanks. Thanks, cutie. Oh, so now I'm hitting on you? No, I'm saying thanks, cutie. That doesn't mean I'm hitting on you. It just means, hey, thanks, cutie. Like a fucking, just another way of saying thank you. So what, I added cutie into it. Does that make me a bad person? Does that make me want to phone? No. I'm just fucking saying, hey, thanks, cutie. What's the difference? Or hi, hun. Why does it go from hi, hun to are you hitting on me? Like, what the fuck? It's because people's general consensus, and this is what I say. Cause, like, some guys are guilty of this. They're like, well, I don't tell my girl that I'm a little bit bi. And I laugh at them. I'm like, really? Really? Okay. <laughs> I, I I just laugh because to me, it's like, you are who you are, and it's the people that I, you know, mask it the most. And People are like, well, in professional wrestling, I was like, in pro wrestling, dude, you see each other naked in the locker room. How the fuck are you going to avoid, okay, yeah, well, that guy was really cute, or oh, yeah, well, this person's really good looking. I mean, you can't fucking avoid this shit if you tried. Never, you can't You get changed And that's the problem People don't understand that either You get changed in the same locker room Almost a lot of the times Because there's no separate locker room So either a girl's holding a towel up Or she's trying to have her friend Or somebody block her Or a guy putting a towel around his shit And his fucking towel falls down Well, sorry hey, You're in my face you know? <laughs> Sorry you know, dude, the no. hilarity of this is people act like they've never seen a naked body in a locker room. And by the way, for those of you who smell like a fucking skunk
2: dying, <laughs> please fucking wash
3: your feet, wash your ass, wash your ball sack, please, motherfucker. And wash your fucking gear. Because oh. it... It's fucking ridiculous. Like, yo, you should really... Like, wrestling locker rooms are like, well, it's supposed to smell like a locker room. I was like, what the fuck? Is there a specific odor that we're supposed to be used to? Yeah, are we supposed to smell like fucking ass, swamp ass all the time? No. But at least clean I'm up. Like, bro. It's like, bro, I'm going to start the chant if I ever get back into wrestling. Clean your shit. Clean your shit. <laughs> Wash your shit. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's why I carry around the little little thing of uh, Axe Spray and body wash. Because I wrestled a dude, uh, and don't don't get me wrong, the dude was a nice dude. And I hate the fucking rag on him. Uh, The Strangler Diego from Chicago, the guy was Sicilian. He was so bad of must, And every time I tried to work him, I was like, dude, I hope. I hope to God You got some Axe body spray Some deodorant or some cold man Cause I don't wanna get In the hell out and smell that shit Cause if I do I'm gonna throw up on you It's Fucking ridiculous Like for real dude Like people Like They think they're like Well I don't stink And I'm like Yo who keeps telling you this Like us People say Well you You say that So and so stinks In the locker room Like bro For real Wash your shit <laughs> Like, dude, I make sure... The funny thing is, because somebody asked me, why do I put on, like, you know, I got deodorant on when I get there. But I'll put more deodorant on to make sure, hey, at least I'm not going to be the stinky one out in the ring, you know? Put a little bit of deodorant on. I'll maybe even fucking ax up my fucking my gear a little bit. Even if it was not stinking, I'll still ax up my, my gear. Honestly, I'm not trying to go out there and have people look at me smelling my hot stuff. <laughs> and yeah, I, I still use hot stuff sometimes. It's that cinnamon uh I I'm pretty sure you were around it in the locker room, that cinnamon uh muscle rub. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, yep, yep. Yep. So people got sick and tired of that smell so I fucking learned how to cover it up by but... By spraying some fucking axe like, Nobody wanted to smell that shit So I ended up axing it One dude goes Why are you spraying axe in the locker rooms? fucking wrestling Not fucking going out to party I'm like dude First of all I don't want to like, I don't want to smell other people's Stanky booty ass Because they can't fucking learn how to clean up themselves And I definitely don't want to go out in the ring Smelling like ass So I'd rather go out there smelling pretty good And and perform good, than to smell like shit, and to have a good match. I gotta have people say, "Oh, that guy's the smelliest guy around here," but he can sure work. No, I'd rather still smell good and work good. Fuck you all. (laughs) Cause like when people like, well, I'm sure they. I was like, no, we do not. I was like, you don't understand. Like some guys, like okay some guys will get on their tour bus and crank the heat up and sweat really bad. And they still, they still smell decent because I guarantee to you some of the guys that I've worked with, uh, I don't know who trained them, you know, cause it all starts with at home folks. So oh, yeah. I, I gotta say one thing that we're, uh, Cato and I are touching on is hygiene is important. So noobs, not just new rookies, whatever you want to call yourself. I don't fucking care, because <laughs> you know everything you say to this generation is either offensive or you guys get butt hurt.
2: Yep. <laughs> so, just, just a fair warning.
3: Yes. One one thing I'm going to tell you guys is like this: when you start wrestling, also, Cato brought up a good point. Wash your gear because if I wrestle you and my face is in a stinky ass elbow pad and unless you're gimmicking the shit I will punch you in the dick. Yep, get a dick punch. Or or my or my favorite one is a throat throat thrust. Fuck it. Like I, I always tell people it's like the worst thing to do is the guy grabs you in a fucking headlock and you're just sitting there like God, I can't wait till this, this match is fucking over, because you fucking stink. <laughs> you know, the last dude that I wrestled, and he stunk, I I hated to say it, I gave that motherfucker a purple merple in the fucking ring. I fucking tweaked his fucking nipple so hard, dude. By the end of the match, his shit was so brick red, and it looked like I chopped his nipples like fucking ten times.
2: Dude. Dude. And another the dis- myth
3: I'm going to dispel is People who, like think we're shitting all over the fans No, we're really not um, if, if we were, you would know And, and trust me, you guys <laughs> wouldn't want to hear some of the truth like, Quit chanting to get yourselves over That shit, you're taking away Some of you, I believe Are trying to take away from the match Yeah And it's just like, Really? Are you there to hear yourself? Do you know we started this chant? No. Did you see my move in the ring? Well, I forget because I was on my phone.
2: Uh, Yeah, that's um, that's
3: the worst worst thing I hate. You know, going out there and you see people fucking texting. It's like I made one lady fucking literally drop her phone on the ground and not touch it the whole entire match because I fucking shit on her. From the time I got out there To the time I even left the ring I fucking ripped her new asshole For sitting there playing on her fucking phone Bitch you're coming there to watch us I hate to say it that way But bitch you're coming there You pay your money to watch us Get the fuck off your phone bitch What are you sitting on your phone for Stupid You pay $20 to come see us work Or even if it's a bigger venue $30, 40 50 It doesn't even matter how much money you you should just come and enjoy the show. Why would you play on your phone the whole time? There's no sense of paying for the fucking show, though. See, I'm addicted to my phone, dude. But like when it's wrestling, I'm either taking pictures because I run a podcast, folks. And let me let me explain this to y'all. Like I run a podcast, really, about politics and religion. I had some guy come on on my show, dude, and tell me is like. But you know, because we were talking about Ronda Rousey and how they're dang, she he was like they're dangling the carrot, blah, blah blah. So I asked him. I said, "Okay, how long you been a wrestling fan?" He's like, "Oh, since 2016." I said, "Fuck you, get off my show." Oh my god, what an ass! I was like, like so I, you're I... gonna tell a wrestling fan, also a former worker, how this business runs? Yeah. <laughs> What a douchebag!
2: First of all, I was thinking all, like, man. I agree ahead, man. with
3: you. About, I agree with you about pictures. I mean, I, I take a lot of pictures, you know. But when it comes to doing doing our thing and and performing, it's like you're there to do your job, take your pictures now, but do your job. And and nowadays, like like, I don't get it, dude. I mean, my wife's addicted to her phone. I like my cell phone. I like taking pictures and like doing my promos. But when it comes down to it, home is home, work is work, play is played. When you're at work, fuck it, pay attention, do it. And these these rookies, young cats, rookies, uh, fresh meat, whatever you want to call these guys, it's like they'll play on their phone twenty four seven, even while. Trying to work out the match It's like dude get the fuck off your phone And pay attention to what I'm trying to tell you Quit playing on your fucking phone Say why Why would When you're going over your match Why the fuck do you need to play on your phone What are you try, Unless you're fucking Writing down what move for move What we're gonna do Then fucking stay off your phone You know what's really sad Is I had to tell dude I was like quit taking pics of your dick Oh no! I was like, bro. I was like, unless you're, and I told him, I was like, unless you're advertising. I was like, really, dude? You're not helping yourself by like. And he's like, well. I was like, well, what? (laughs) You know, they like if you're gonna take pictures, lewd pictures of yourself in professional wrestling, and people are saying you're floating from topic (laughs) to topic. That's how I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. You mean to tell me this dude so, was in the locker room taking pictures of his dick? Yes, dude. As we were trying to plan out our match, I was like,
0: oh, are you my. trying to
3: advertise? Or are you just being, you know, saying, hey, how are you? Because
0: I was like, <laughs> he's like,
3: well, just give me a second, dude. Give me a second. And I said, I, dude, for real? Wow. I was like, for real was like when you people like, why did you? I was like, dude, I'm not gonna name names, okay? I my thing is, if your if, if your match is like nine minutes and they instruct you no wrestles because this isn't your audition for NXT, and we're sitting playing, okay? I got to take a dick pic to send to my girl. Like really, dude, Zara's not even fucking there anymore, but you are.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow.
3: Talk about They're like, what? I was like, dude, you call, he calls himself an steam dude. It's like, all the fucking baby faces, this is a little known secret that Kato and I know. Some of them are cool, but some of them are real pricks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Then they pretend they want to be part of the fucking circle. It's like, <laughs> you pieces of shit. <laughs> exactly dude Exactly Oh my god Took the words out of my mouth
2: Piece of shit I, I, know,
3: I, do. I, I, I think I think nowadays Everybody's so up on The social media deal about Oh I gotta talk to this girl Or I gotta talk to this guy Or, or this and that It's like dude You know what Fuck off Okay, social media is good for one thing, and that's either for advertising, you know, what you're doing, or getting caught doing something stupid. Because let's be honest, what could what has social media did
2: for a
3: couple in, in the world, to be honest? Because you know as well as I do that half the people that are in relationships, where did half the people meet? Social
2: media. And that's just being true. Mm-hmm.
3: Half the people in this world nowadays they are I would say how uh, I, I'm thirty four. So I I met my wife on social media and I'm pretty sure a lot of people in my generation, in our generation, met people on social media. And it's like what are you guys fucking stupid? You guys not know where you've met? <laughs> You met on social media, your dick was probably on social media, so where else is your dick going to go? It's going to go to social media and keep getting pushed out there because you can't stop playing on your phones. because all you guys want to do is take dick pics and pussy pics and fucking flaunt your shit. I mean, look at the shit that they do on TV With uh, those stupid ass sex chat lines, when you can't sleep at night and you're trying to watch a fucking movie or TV shows, and then these chat lines pop up. Oh, well, join me on webcam. Like, dude, are you fucking serious? Then these chicks nowadays say they're not, they're not um, scandalous. Come on, man. Come on, guys, get with the program. I was in New York, dude. I was like, so you want a man to drive you? I was like, motherfuckers. Most of us have fucking Subway passes I was Like you really want to make this mad Okay bend our metro cars bitch <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask you I gotta ask you It's probably just because I want to know How Where is Now I remember hearing about Monster Factor And I was gonna go there once But I totally forgot where it's at now It's in Paulsboro Oh okay Fallsboro,
2: New Jersey. I knew it was in New
3: York. I just didn't know where. So, oh no, it's not in New York, bro. It's in New Jersey. Well, yeah, New New Jersey. i uh, yeah, same thing. Not really. <laughs> technically, kind of. Not really. If you from a New York standpoint, uh, stand aspect, no, it's not the same. <laughs> Aspect standpoint, it's all the same thing, yeah what you wanted so far, to ask me what question we'll off, off track here yeah 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 <clears throat> look man, this has been a killer conversation, man because. I always tell guys, i like, they're surprised they think I'm some mark that doesn't know shit about wrestling, and I'm like, look, dude, I, I got to want you to get your granny panties in a bunch when you find out that I've actually fucking worked inside a ring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I had I had some, some fan ask me the other day, and this is hilarious. This is a, a fan in Texas. says, oh, Well, uh, aren't you afraid that you're going to get hurt? Motherfucker, do you not know what the fuck we do? How long have you been watching wrestling and sports? Like, dude, we get hurt a lot. We wrestle hurt a lot. Yes, I get hurt. I have a torn fucking muscle and a broken fucking thumb, and I'm still wrestling. Do I stop? No, because I love what I fucking do.
2: Well, you know, well, some people are retarded.
3: Yeah, and then and then I get the I get the um you know, considering I'm such an asshole and I make kids cry and old ladies fucking want to beat me with their cane you know I get the I get the whole well aren't you aren't you um do not you feel a little bit bad that you made a kid cry? Aren't you should be ashamed of yourself. No, that's my job. But at the end of the day I'll still give that kid a high five. Yeah. You know, I don't want him to leave fucking disappointed. He's not leaving disappointed because he's watching a great show, first of all. He's watching people do what they do best. And at the end of the day, he's still getting a high five. So I think he got a, got what he you know, got what he came there to see. You know, some people need to realize, like, these kids have everything now. So why not give them the joy of being honest, you know? Yeah. I always say a kid that cries today day gives an angel his fucking wings. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I got you on that one.
2: Because
3: my thing is this. When we was kids, if we acted up, we got our asses worked. Oh, hell yeah. Fuck when you man heard I got belt loop You were like Fuck me I remember Being an asshole To my mom My mom used to Punch me in the chest Telling me to Fucking straighten up These kids now Oh you you, fucking, you hit me I'm calling the cops You know My mom used to tell me she used to tell me After I get out of jail I'm gonna beat your ass again And then when I get out of jail I'll beat your ass again Fuck my mom said that, I learned my lesson. I ain't never fucking back talking to my mom. Well, dude, like, you understand, like, on this show, I tell people, like, well, here's the thing. If you truly want to know why some wrestlers are great talkers or great promos, it's because you've got to present this now crowd, as I like to call them, because a new generation, whatever. The whole advertisements on WWE stands for, this is awesome. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that kind of wrestling sometimes grates on my everlasting nerve. Because, no, it's not awesome. When you see yep. the same shit that you see last week, the week before, and, and Raw did it for 11 months, and they're like, what's the problem with booking? And Nash said, if I remember him correctly, he goes... If they would just start off the show with a fucking match instead of a promo, then, you know, crowd wouldn't get restless and start chanting. I was like, dude, on the East Coast, we see them, like, every other week do house shows. And it's great. You know, that's how Vince and them make up their money, and they're not going to tell you the little secrets. But another thing, dude, I was at SmackDown Live, and this dude was trying to impress his girl because he probably has a tiny dick. So he's like, you see that? They put the babies with the babies and the heels with the heels and I turned right around and said, Shut the fuck up, please.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh man. You know that that's funny because I I watched that same what was it that wasn't it that uh interview on um that guy that hosts that uh that um uh internet show that did that with Kevin Nash? When Kevin Nash said that? Yeah. I remember that because I actually watched that, uh, I think, like a month ago. And I was trying to explain to somebody about that. They're like, no, you know, Raw is awesome. I'm like, yeah, no, not right now. No, bro. No. I was like, you got to understand the fans. Three hours, man. I was like, okay, unless it's WrestleMania, three hours should never be booked on live TV. It's why their ratings went from fours, fives, even 1.12 million people were viewing this in 99. Alright? So, I'm a numbers guy. I I read statistics on Garowitz.net. They're sitting at at 2.6. That's well below fucking average. Yes. And I'm like, bro, I'm not a math magician, but I could tell you as a former worker, if numbers were that low, I wouldn't say shit, but I would jump ship. Exactly, dude. Exactly. So they're like, well, yes. this is gonna be like, yeah, it's a it's a guaranteed paycheck, but uh, okay, it's salary paycheck. When you work NXT, it's five hundred dollars. I don't know what they have to fucking pay to, but the referees make like twelve grand, not twelve grand, twelve hundred a match if you're televised. And you're on Full Sail or wherever you are. And then they're like, well, how do you know? So like, dude, come on. There's living fucking proof, okay? When Cone started out, it was three grand per match. Now he's senior official, so he's making whatever salary base per match, okay? Oh, yeah. So my thing is when people start saying terminologies at fucking shows, I don't know about you, dude, but I have to move seats before I punch a fucker in the face. Oh, Exactly. Exactly <laughs> Cause this dude's like We put the heels with the heels And the babies with the babies And I turn right around at Barclay In the nosebleed section mind you I was just trying to enjoy Smackdown like, They put the heels with the heels with the baby food. I was like shut the fuck up please well, Yeah Fucking retarded asses I've already, I've already addressed this on my show Like several mm-hmm. times But I'm gonna say it again for those of you who think that using terminology in front of former workers or lack thereof, let me just inform you: I will ignore you or I will get particularly verbally violent or physically violent with you. Here's why: you have never stepped foot through those ropes, you don't know what sacrificing is, and three, your mommy and daddy probably didn't love you. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, and that's but, what makes him. So you, a know, so, yeah, so you know what baby face and heel is, and you know the term, well, like you probably watched one of the chronicles of WWE or YouTube video on wrestling terminology so that you can be cool in front of your friends. Like, was outside a wrestling revolver show. And he's like, how would you book? I was like, well, to be honest, dude, we're not bookers. We're not promoters. We're just fans. Can we just show?" oh, and he said some fancy fan terminology, and I said, look, dude, I don't disrespect fans very much, but shut the fuck up or get put the fuck out.
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: I love it. And I said, yeah, I was like, dude, like, you can't, this is what I say. As fans, we don't tell you how to watch us, so therefore don't tell us what we messed up or fucked up on. It's fair trade. Yeah, Exactly like i um one fan said, Um, well, you guys can fight out in the crowd, so that means we get to hit you. oh no you nope. don't don't hit me like i I did this show um in oh it was it was North Dakota, and it was a a brawl it was uh for the heavyweight title out there It was me and this dude named Demetrius, fucking fighting, fighting, brawling, we're out in the crowd, fucking dumbass parents let their little kids fucking come by the wrestlers and think their little fucking kids that kicked me think that I wasn't going to fucking say anything or do anything. Dude, I'm sorry to say I respect fans to a certain extent. The moment your fucking kid touches me, I'm going to put that kid right down in his fucking seat and tell him in his face, you touch me again, I'm going to smack you, and I'm going to punch your fucking dad and your mom in the face. Because you're not going to fucking kick me. This kid kicked me three times on the ground. And when I got up and I fucking screamed right in the kid's face and I told him, sit the fuck down and you touch me again, I'm going to backhand you. Their parents got all pissed off. Well, obviously... You know the rules. You guys are the older ones. Your kid should never fucking touch me. And if it happens again, I'm going to fucking lay my hand across your face ten times. That's just the way well, it I mean, dude, like, it's one thing you got to tell. Some guy told me, he's like, if a fan got over the barrier, you know, what? Well, how would you treat him? He's like, I don't give him a hug. I was like, no, not me. I'd punch you right in the nuts. Because I don't know if you have a gun. I don't know you. So you come over to me, like, some people are like, well, why would you treat the fam like that? Okay, let me ask you this. Do you think Mariah Carey or Nicki Minaj or Ariana Grande want some crazy dude humping them on the stage? I mean, let's be real, shall we? It's bound to happen. That, you know, people will react a certain way. And, um, oh, dude, did I lose you? Are you still on? Yeah, 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 man. Sometimes that's okay. Blog talk's kind of retarded. <laughs> so I was like, mm, that's just it. But I gotta. I got a funny story to tell you. So, speaking of different, there's a difference between being invited up on stage or in the ring and actually just inviting yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in the day, man, some of my old wrestling friends told me that if they didn't beat the fuck out of somebody that tried to start fights with them at the bar, then they were looked at as uh, pussy-ass motherfuckers. Les Thatcher told that story at Monster Factory and said, you know, there are guys with scars all over. Because people use beer bottles, they're fucking stupid, because the marks with the IQ of 12 would start shit. Really? Yeah, he, Les Thatcher said, there's a buddy of mine, he's like, we were at the bar, and I says, what the hell happened to you? He says, well, guy tried to start a fight. And we're not saying, Kato and I are not saying all fans are bad,
2: just no, know your no. fucking
3: boundaries, please. Know your fucking you know, boundaries. All we're saying, you know, the and and that's that's the thing. Like, if you're coming to, so at least respect your the people that are performing for you, because if you if you cross that boundary, we're gonna have to cross it back. I mean, you see it all the time online. You see it how Orton had to turn around when dude tried giving him a nut shot, and you seen how. What was it uh, Stone Cold and what was it? Stone Cold and Triple H, I think it was, when Triple H yeah. fucking yeah, a house show. And shit and started beating the fuck out of that guy. That's what happens to you guys. If you guys step across that line, I'm sorry to say, hey, you cross that barrier and get in the ring or even remotely <laughs> try to, <laughs> it's game on. Sorry.
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: So Folks, we're going to wrap this shit up. I'm going to talk to Cato a little more on Facebook because I think this dude is a really cool dude. Uh, And not only that, but like I said, I I try to give the show a different fucking feel because uh, so many times we format this shit and it's like, oh, I I need to let loose. It's about damn time. Yeah. So I I greatly appreciate it, man. Oh, not a problem. It's a pleasure having you on the show. If you have any questions more, you know, I've got like 60 questions from the UK alone right now in my Instagram oh, box. I will, uh, I'll be messaging Mr. K. Do you stay up late, dude? Um, right now. Uh, yeah, I'm staying up late. I'm probably going to stay up till two thirty, brother. All right. Well, I, will I got another hour. Cool brother. Uh, well, we got just 20 seconds left So we're going to do the outro I'm going to talk to you on Facebook if that's cool Yeah, sounds good, man, thank you All right Well, that's Kato, folks If you uh, have any questions for me Just send them to me on Instagram I'm sure that Kato Will answer them accordingly All right, folks, that's it So that's all for Off the Rails of Sensor Part 1, dig it <laughs>